Are you familiar with the army revolver, Mr. Quigley? Well, sir, I never had much use for one. It's a recent invention of your countryman, Colonel Colt. God created all men. They say Sam Colt made him equal. More or less. to New Wave and everything in between. This time around, we'll be looking at those who come to Australia and receive the good old Australian hospitality. It's a double of Simon Wince's Quigley Down Under and Brian Trenchard-Smith's Man from Hong Kong. And here with me is Critic, whose writing can be found at the likes of AU Review and as well as in their own league. It's Harris. Hey, how's it going? Oh, very good. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I've Followed you on Twitter for ages, so it's kind of cool to finally get to have um, like a movie conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just because, yeah, I've been follow- uh, reading your stuff and following you for a long time. Um, but before we get into this, a uh, double ambush, by the way, thank you so much for agreeing to <laughs> watch quickly in Bad um, from Hong Kong. What kind of Australian movies that do you tend to watch when you watch, when you watch Australian movies? Uh, I do watch the, the more horror-like ones, like yeah. uh, road games or basically the more, basically the ones that focus more on violence, like, you know, Mad Max, those pure exploitation ones. I guess my personal guilty pleasure would be uh, Hounding 3, the marsupials. <laughs> oh, that's, a, I, yeah, that is almost the most amazing 2am movie ever. Yes. <laughs> Especially the scene where the, the ballerina transforms into a werewolf mid-dance. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah it's really awesome it's actually really inventive it's very cheesy uh philip mora i think did that one if i'm remembering correctly same as the howling two um yes. did, you did two and three did two and three yeah no i mean horror has done some amazing um uh can do violence as we'll get into especially with some of the stuff from man from hong kong you're like oh people got hurt making that i asked to be <laughs> But no, yeah, thank you so much for coming on for this. I'm really looking forward to this double. Yeah, and as we'll get into, I like to imagine that we're in a theatre, curtains are opening. And Harris, do you have a first trailer for, that you would show for Quigley Down Under, which I'm trying my best not to sound like a 1940s radio host every time I say it. <laughs> well, the first trailer I will probably showcase is um, The Proposition by John Hillcoat. I suppose I told you there was a way to save your little brother, Mikey, from the noose. Suppose I gave you a horse, a gun. So what is it that you want? I know where your brother Arthur Burns is. It is a godforsaken place. You want me to kill me, brother? I want you to kill your brother. Word has it 
You promised those animals who raped Eliza Hopkins a pardon if Charlie Burns brought back his brother. Arthur Burns is a monster, an abomination. It is he who is responsible for this outrage. Your brother's come to kill you. I can help. You can help me. Is everything all right? Perhaps you better ask your husband. I will civilize this land. Who do you think you are? The judge and the jury? Arthur Burns must be stopped. My God, man, they raped a woman. She was my friend! And I think it's probably the first Australian Western. I'm sure there are several, but I think it's the first one I saw. And I thought it was a beautiful, just gripping and intense piece of work. And I didn't, I didn't think it would look... Because I, I watched it years later when it came out and I thought like it would collapse from like overhype I've heard from other people and it was yeah. just as brutal and dirty and dramatic and almost beautiful in a sense that people have told me about it. And it's yeah, it was such a beautiful watch. And I watched it recently just a few years ago as well. And mm. it, it held, holds up really well. It really does. Uh, I saw it years and years ago and I didn't have that much memory. I thought, oh yeah, it's really pretty brutal it's brutal and pretty at the same time and then I watched it again and yeah all the performances in it were just amazing especially Ray Winstone like I sometimes forget I shouldn't forget because I've seen also Sexy Beast but I, <laughs> I shouldn't forget that he's amazing in this as this man who's kind of wants to break Australia so it, before it breaks him kind of mm. human being For some reason Danny Houston's head looks bigger than it usually does I don't know what quite what's happening but no, I was watching it last night going, I forgot how good this movie is. It's just so beautiful. And just the way he pulls the, he does something to this landscape where it looks hellish. It's almost like this artificial light, but it's, I think it was a lot of natural, I think it was all natural light. Anyway, it's what Queensland would have looked like back um, <laughs> in the 1800s with people with settlers trying to live there and doing horrible things and just letting, yeah, that that is, uh, I was thinking of this trailer, trailer as well because it's, it's an amazing movie. I mean, Guy Pearce is just almost recognize, unrecognizable in this movie. Yes. And the violence is so striking too. Yeah. Like, even after rewatching it, there's a moment where Guy Pearce's character just gets suddenly attacked by like a spear gets thrown into him. Yeah. And that always shocks me. Like I, I could have seen it coming, but it just, just blows my mind that it just blows me away like that. Yeah. yeah and considering straight after uh, someone gets his head exploded as well, it's like this, it's so visceral in that moment where you're just like holy crap um considering you're just looking it's this really beautifully constructed piece of yeah i absolutely adore adore this movie um and yeah it is one of probably australia's best movie they've done in because it's 2005 so yeah last 20 years um mm. no i i adore adore this movie so even after watching quigley i was like i think i'm in the mood to watch the proposition again two completely <laughs> different movies in time <laughs> Yeah, no, that is absolutely um, perfect. Okay, because of that, uh, my actually, I'm going to go a silly trailer, and then my second one, I'll go for my more darker Australian movie. But I think purely because of the Alan Rickman of it all, I'm actually going to go for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, my first trailer. Ah. Father, Mr. Robin, 
Is that you? What did this do, Duncan? Guy of Guzman, the sheriff of this witch. I will not rest until my father's finished. Years have left us many in need. While you and my brother were off playing boy heroes, Nottingham has plundered the Shire. Who are you? John Little. When I killed the sheriff's men, came an outlaw like you. You are nothing like us. Only because Alan Rickman is in full swanning, awful human being mode <laughs> in Quigley. <laughs> and I love to well, watch well, him be a bad guy. But yeah, I. This is a movie I used to watch a lot as a kid and then rewatched it back and went, oh, you know what? Kind of holds up. I like it. <laughs> I used to watch that a lot too when I was a kid yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's Alan Rickman just, like, you just choose the scenery like few actors can mm. and basically compensates for the, um, I don't want to say lack of energy from Kevin Costner, but he's more like understated compared to everyone else really. <laughs> it really is. I mean, everyone's doing this very seriously, and then you have Alan Rickman marching around canceling Christmas. It's it, it, he's amazing in this movie. It, yeah. it actually kind of holds up. It's very nineties cheese, but um, mm. I would say it's definitely worth worth a watch. Um, I was also just going to point out before we did um, Warwick Davis's Sweet Country from two thousand seventeen, which is another very bleak and dark western. You give me that boy! Now you give me that boy, you're hiding! You let him out! You harboring a prisoner! Harry Monson's dead. That black fella Sam killed him. You see it? No. Sorry, sir. There's been a shooting. We gonna catch this murder? Yes, boss. When? Real soon, boss. Sam's way smarter than we are. All these days, we never come within two miles of him. He's probably sitting out there now, looking at you, laughing. Which is incredible. It's very dark. It is, uh, I think it's Sam Kelly who's the actor. He's this indigenous man who's basically hunted for murder for self-defense. Again, just looking at this brutal country, it's got Sam Neill, Brian Brown. Um, yeah, that, that would be another pick before going into this very sunny and happy, kind of happy movie. I don't know. Um, <laughs> as we get into Quigley. All Matthew Quigley did was answer a help wanted ad. But a few surprises were waiting for Quigley down under. There was no mention of his friendly co-workers. Is everybody in this country as butt ugly as you three? Or that he'd get an assistant. Look out, Roy! Sorry, Roy! Nothing about the transportation problem. Are we lost? Nope. I know exactly where we are. We're lost. The unusual local inhabitants. The extraordinary cuisine. I don't eat things that are still moving. You gonna shoot it first? Or the extra duties. You can take me if you want to, Roy. Kid, next time she talks like that, go all over the dress. Worst of all, his employer turned out to be somewhat moody. You 
could call it that. But Quigley's about to teach him a lesson in labor relations. That knocks me out of my own house. Don't worry, Roy. Everything's going to turn out just fine. Sorry, Roy. My name ain't Roy. It's Matthew. Quigley. Which is actually a really good comparison. Uh, thing to uh, proposition. Um, was this the first time you, you had seen Quigley Down Under? Yes, it was my very first time. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> what was your first impression? First impression, when I... The musical score makes it very jovial, in yes. a sense. It's like, oh my God, we're happy to do a Western in Australia. We are so excited. We're going to showcase everything about Australia. And then... Basically, the, there's a tone shift in the film that go from like happy-go-lucky, and then when you get to like the, the indigenous side of it, sometimes the tone shifts just change so much. Like it goes from like oh, you know, happy scenery to like this almost brutal violence in a sense. It's, it the violence help. took me off guard as well. I mean, yeah. when we talk about some of the proposition, which is letting you know violence is going to be the tone of this movie but the score sounds like it's from silverado um uh and really you're a great american happy 1980 uh, sorry 80s western you've got tom Selleck, and you've got like a couple of jokes happening around and then all of a sudden you realize this movie is about the genocide of the indigenous people in the 19th century and you're like huh was not expecting that <laughs> <laughs> And they don't hold back on the violence either. No. It's like it's not like oh they cut away. Like they showed them like falling off cliffs and stuff. It's like whoa. Like <laughs> that surprised me. Like there's yeah, there's um I guess this is the plot of people who don't know uh, quickly is that Tom Selleck is hired by Alan Rickman for he because he's a very good gunsman and he has like a essentially a an, an antique version of a snipe, long sniper rifle. And when he's found out that he has to base, basically start killing the indigenous people off um, this cattle drive driver's land. So it's very much colonialism. And then, yeah, you just start seeing people just marching poor groups of people off cliffs, um, you know, sold babies, um, women being shot in the back. I mean, it's, yeah, when you sort of realise, looking at the re reality of the film, and this was written by an American screenwriter. It was half American, mm -hmm. I think, half Australian production, or mostly that. And he read it after an article about the genocide that was happening in Australia during the 19th century. And, yeah, but it doesn't set it up for that movie at all. So when you do get into really what this movie is about, you're like, oh, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, and it's kind of strange because... Basically, everyone in the cast is likable, you know? It's, yeah, it's even really going for one way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, even when you he's shouldn't just be. Sitting... No, he shouldn't. Even when he's sitting there, like, in that, in that dinner scene where he's talking to um, Quickly about his plans and how the, the English, the British Empire is about to overthrow. And, he's, and, he, and he clearly speaks of Aborigines in a very disdainful way. You can't help but watch the guy. You can't help but watch and listen to every word that he says. No, you can't. It's, um, it, yeah, it's this very, he's, I mean, Alan Rickman is a smooth, was a smooth man. And he is the ultimate racist. He's the worst human being. And they're having a, this, this dinner talk conversation 
with a poor indigenous man that he's dressed up in a like a, a tux almost so he can wait on and hand and foot while he's basically saying calling these horrible things um and you still kind of like him because he's alan, only because he's alan rickman like i don't there's not many actors who can pull that off um but i did like the reaction of the mix shot of uh tom Selleck just throwing him out of the house that was that was great yes i wasn't expecting that either and he went back in he got thrown out again <laughs> <laughs> No one throws me out of my own house. It's, um, yes. no, it's, it has got those really sort of fun things because it is almost like this adventure. He's traveling from the United States to, um, to all places, Western Australia. That would have been a long boat ride. I mean, it's long enough to go to the Ooh. East coast where we're on, but to actually go around to the West. Oh, that's, oh, that's a long way away. <laughs> you demanded when he, when he first meets, Alan Rickman straight away on the spot. He demanded his money straight away just because of how long the trip was. Yes, that I do not blame him. I would have been the same. I'd been like, you know how long it's taken me to go from California all the way to Perth? No, I, I want my money. That's um, <laughs> that's a long trip. Uh, yep, yeah, it's kind of cool to see a movie kind of set in Perth because you don't see many international companies want to film over there because it's so far away. Even by Australian terms, it's like, oh, it's all the way over over there um but no but of course the first person he meets is uh laura uh, G, uh san geo Como. i'm butchering her name laura san geo Como, which she's playing a crazy woman you find out why and it's actually really sad beautifully it's not beautiful it's just sad it's devastating <laughs> um but I do like how the movie doesn't quite know what to do with her insanity. It's like one minute she's completely not with it. The next minute she's lucid. The next minute she's crazy again until she mm. just becomes fine by the end of it. Yeah. It's like, first you treat, they treat them as like a comic relief in a sense. Yes. Yeah. It's like, why, why do you keep calling uh, the main character Roy when he's clearly not named Roy whatsoever? <laughs> no. And he's like, stop calling me. Uh, stop calling me uh, Roy. Um, it's yeah and it's the kind of thing but she's amazing like she's causing fights she's starting fights she's i don't even remember why she's there at the kind of first place i think she just gets thrown on the cart and is just taken to where alan rickman is and his um i guess he gets a cattle ranch or some sort of thing like that but yeah she's kind of the best thing in the movie though especially when you find out what happened to her and why she got sent to australia it mm. is an incredibly heartbreaking story and she does it really well yeah, and her character could have been easily annoying to me, honestly. Like that, that was like it's very hard to pull the the tones off because she's basically emblematic of the film in in a sense. Because her the tones that she adapts goes from serious to funny and then back and forth, just like the film does. Yeah, I mean, after hmm. she's even told um, Quigley or Quigley Dananda, sorry, it's so easy to say the nineteen forties radio accent. Uh, Matthew Quigley, uh, Tom Selleck, about the fact that she was, um, thought she was in a Comanche raid, very much like the searchers. I think that's why they kept saying Comanche. Um, mm. And her baby was crying. So essentially she smothered the baby to death when it wasn't, wasn't a raid. It was just a few people just messing around with her. And mm. it, it reminds me that, because uh, you've seen um, Buster Scruggs, the Coen Brothers Western anthology. Yeah, the yeah, girl who yeah. got rattled. It's like that kind of story. It's, Yes. 
you think the worst is going to happen. So you do the worst thing to try and save the situation. And it's heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love the girl who got that got rattled in that segment. Cause it's every time I'm like, maybe she won't kill herself. Maybe she, which maybe she'll be fine. Mm, and she's not. Oh, that, that's a bummer. <laughs> it is. I'm just, yeah, bring the tone down. Um, but very good anthology. But the fact that she is okay. And the scene with the, I admit it, with the dingoes, I think is a really cool scene because she's mm. going through that trauma again, but she's surviving it and saving a child in the process. So it, I guess, helps her get through the trauma, like, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like a reprieve of sorts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. Though I was a bit worried that if they're like, oh my God, if they do another dingo still my baby, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was dangerously close. I did <laughs> when the scene was about to start. <laughs> Yes, I was, as soon as the dingoes came in, I'm like, oh, no, 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 because I knew this was written by an American. I'm like, don't, don't do it. Just don't. And it didn't. Even though dingles, dingoes are kind of adorable, and I know that they're wild dogs, but every time I see one, I'm just like, oh, look at the cute dogs. So it was just like, don't hurt, don't be nice dogs. Just give them an ear scratch. They probably were when they shot it. Like, they probably yeah. like, added, like, angry scrowls and sounds, but they, like, you probably cut the sounds out. You probably see, like, oh, they're just playing, really. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's like the movie Cujo that when you're looking at the, when they use the real uh, um, dog, he's actually looked like he's just, like, playing, and because they've got the music and the fact that it's a very large dog, it's, like, terrifying. But it's like, no, no, that dog just wanted to have a have an air scratch and a, and a bit of a, a play. Um, no, the... <laughs> I guess keep going back to the sort of how the tone doesn't meet the theme, but it's it, not, um, no, I'm struggling. No, there was a couple of movies that um, did deal with the kind of brutality of what happened to the indigenous people, like the chant of uh, Jimmy Blacksmith, but mm. it wasn't in Australian movies a lot, except for that one until like the late nineties and early two thousands, when you do get to things like a proposition where mm. it actually deals specifically with it. So, so to have a movie that is this almost American blockbuster being about that subject um, feels a little bit revolutionary is, is definitely not the right word, but kind of mm. a little bit before its time because it's something that even as something Australia didn't even want to deal with. Even at that time, it was two years after the bicentennial and of the colonization of Australia. So it's it feels quite... Um, yeah, it feels it feels a little bit. Oh, they're doing it even back in 1990 explicitly. Yeah, it's more maybe um, that's right, forward thinking. Like forward thinking, that's the word. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> yes, it's so it's kind of interesting in that way that it took an outsider to go, okay, we're going to write this about this and do it that way, but we'll make it very sugary so it can go down a little bit easier. Yes, <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean we're having people walk off cliffs, but. Um, did you notice Ben Mendelsohn in this movie? Yes. Yes, I did. The, the ginger hair. And <laughs> I don't know what accent he was doing, to be honest. It was meant I, to be Irish. I think I so, but it sounded American. I honestly thought for half the film it was Thomas Hulse from, uh, um, from Amadeus. <laughs> and I was like, why is he in this movie? And then I looked at it and it's like, no, it's Ben Mendelsohn. I went, What? Yeah, because his accent is weird. Like, I don't know what he's meant to be doing. Like, his character was O'Flynn, which I'm assuming is meant to be Irish. Yeah. And, you know, with the, the ginger hair, so I'm assuming that's meant to be an Irish. 
Yeah, it's only when I saw the eyes that oh, there he is. But he looks so fresh faced. It's not yes. Ben Mendelsohn I'm I'm used to, which is a bit more craggy and a little bit more Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, <laughs> well, I know, right? He's like he hasn't he hasn't started smoking yet. <laughs> no, exactly. He's 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 so sweet. Um, even though he's playing like a sharpshooter who cannot wait to kill people, but no, <laughs> it, he's got this. Yeah, it's got the thing. I was like, oh, but Ben Mendelsohn was in this. I'm watching this. Why is Thomas Holtz in this? Oh, wait, that's Ben Mendelsohn. Because um, this is a cast that has a lot more British and a lot more um, American actors than Australian, and even the Indigenous actors don't really get much of a voice. That's one thing I would have probably would have liked is to have a, a couple of Indigenous characters. Like in the, I always compare this to the proposition, but um, yeah. to give them who hired some of the uh, great actors and gave them all a voice or, or or major part to play in their own kind of. In the, in the movie yeah more more agency in a way exactly yeah yeah because yeah. um, they're kind of these mystical magical figures which they weren't they were just people just trying to get through the day and have their own culture and their own thing and people coming in and going no but i would have liked that but that's but overall i really enjoyed this movie yeah they were they were a bit exoticized but not not in a way that is um in I don't want to say insulting, but um, blatant or yes. <laughs> oh, that scene right at the end when they all uh, when one guy just organizes every single one of the areas yes. down by hill and look at the British and go no, that was a little. That's kind of when I went oh now you're getting very close to the line of exoticism right there. That mm, no mm. yeah. It's like I doubt they'll do that. That's just no. Um... They're not wasting their time on quickly. <laughs> But not that one guy, nah. <laughs> nah, he's fine. He can look after himself. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, that was the one time. It was a cool image, though. It was a really cool image, but that was the one time I went, okay, now you're pushing it. Uh, what did you think of Tom Selleck's performance in this? Well, I thought it was charismatic. I thought it was quite mm. charming. You know, it's, I, mean, I used to watch Magnum P.I. back in the day. <laughs> and it's funny how um, what I've read about this movie is that Harrison Ford was considered to be in this, but he backed out. Boy Tom Selleck took it, so it's kind of like a a full circle thing, where you know Tom Selleck was meant to be Indiana Jones, but he yeah. couldn't do that. Therefore, Harrison Ford took over, so it's kind of like it balances out. <laughs> I nearly did choose uh, Last Crusade as a trailer for that for that reason because it is it, Tom Selleck does have this kind of Harrison Ford esque type, like he's kind of looking very tall, kind of very um, handsome in that way that um, Harrison Ford is. Um, hmm. So. Yeah, but I think he does a really good job. It would have been interesting to see Harrison Ford in this, but I'm assuming he was still filming Crusade at that point. But yeah, no, I think Tom Selleck does a really, really good job. He's got a really sort of relaxed charm about him. Yes, relaxed charm, exactly. He's, mm. It's Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very laid back. And he's got this like roguish attitude where even when he does something it's almost questionable, you buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even when he's about to try and sleep with um, Crazy Cora, but then he, he doesn't quite remember his name. So he's like, and eh, no. So he does <laughs> kind of pull back, but there's a moment of like, if you don't try and sleep with, with the non-lucid woman, okay, you're not, okay, good. You're, you're a gentleman. Um, <laughs> but I was surprised because, yeah, I used to watch Magnum P.I. back in the day as well, and I was surprised by how badass he was in this movie especially with the with the gun the guns shooting stuff is actually really fun yes 
like I've also read that snipers were like influenced by this movie. Oh wow! Um, yeah, like whenever this, what I've, what I've read, basically whenever a sniper kills like two people in one shot, they would call that shot a quigley. Oh wow! Like, yeah, yeah. Which is surprising. It's surprising. I did not realize that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, because it is a very huge gun. Like it's a mass. It almost looks like like a nineteenth century version of a massive modern sniper rifle. It's even like, I like when he's putting it together and Alan Rickman's just watching him, and the guy's just like riding away. Um, it is. Yeah, it's really sort of really quite interesting to watch. And of course, the final when he shoots Alan Rickman, I think it's Ben Mendelsohn and someone else. And because he sort of says, just because I didn't have any use for a six shooter doesn't mean I didn't know how to use it. And that was a really cool oh, shot, just the way he just yes. like bang, bang, bang. Like, <laughs> so unexpected, just like the great Westerns back then. Yeah. Yeah. Like this movie does reference Dodge City, which I think is where Wyatt Earp was hanging out at the time. So it's already that legendary kind of Western city. And. Mm this movie's kind of trying to bring the American West to Australia. Um, and, and I guess the easiest way to um, have a bad guy is to have an evil landowner who's trying to kill all the indigenous people that he thinks are on his land. Um, but it's got that very, again, with the music, it's very jaunty. It's very, um, this manifest destiny of, oh, I can control this land when every other Australian Western is about the land will kill you. Um, and I don't know. I just, <laughs> Especially when watching the proposition afterward, I'm like, ah, there's the Australian Western. You'll not come out of our British culture was never meant to be in Australia. There's this, um, it's like oil and water. They just do not mix. And so that's why you get things like Wolf Creek. If you're British tourists going into the outback and they goddamn meet, what's his name? (laughs) (laughs) Just doesn't mix. No. Oh, I've no. not seen Wolf Creek in such a long time, and I'm not sure I want to go ever again. Oh, this, it'd be great for the tourism board. <laughs> yeah, that, they should have used that instead of where the bloody hell are you? They should have just uh, given John Jarrett a stick laughing. Just, just look at the camera, hold a knife, come to Australia now, or something bad will happen. <laughs> we'll play pig on a stick. Yeah, we'll play pig on a stick. <laughs> Show the proposition. This is what Australia's like. Had watching someone cut meat in the Australian outback, and you're like, mm, "No, I do not want a turkey. I do not want whatever's hanging there." That's the fly. Okay, the flies in the proposition. I forgot about the flies, which is normal for Australia. I mean, you even see it in Quigley because there are flies around. Mm. They. It feels like they shipped in flies specifically for the proposition, though. I, that was a lot. There's so much. Yeah. yeah. They must just had meat lying around to, to attract them. I was like, oh my god. But anyway, um, proposition. It's an amazing movie. Getting back to also a very good movie. Um, no, I think everything is really solid. It's turning the Australian outback into a blockbuster, and I'm not mad at it for doing it. No, no, it, it it could have been a lot worse. It's so it looks great. It's it's well acted. It's the the um, uh, it's just that the tone shifts threw me off in a sense that uh, not threw me off in a bad way, but it's just it threw me off in a way that's like surprising. And the more I think about it, uh, the more I appreciate it more in a sense because that it threw me off. 
Yeah, yeah I like, it was just a smooth watch. Yeah, me too. I thought this is going to be an easy, fun watch. It'll be dopey. I can make fun of Americans trying to, you know, do Australia and that. But it's kind of this, oh, uh, wake and fright almost. This guy coming in and all these Australians just like turning on him and, and just showing the worst. But the one scene where the guy's already wounded, he turns the gun on Quigley and Quigley goes, you have one more bullet, use it wisely. And it is such a dark meaning of <laughs> if you shoot me, you're just going to die slowly. And I'm like, yeah, this movie really wants to go dark. It Something about Australian landscape just does that to people. It just does that to people. <laughs> I, I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, yeah, it does this thing where it shows just everything so far away from each other. Like the nearest town was like a two-day ride or something. And um, I know when I first moved here, it was like everyone warned me, like, okay, if someone says it's down the road, just be careful how long down the road it is. I'm like, oh, okay. No, that's actually true. When someone says down the road, it's like an hour. Not so much mm. Melbourne, and I know you live in Sydney, so it's it's a little bit more contained. But um, when you're dealing with that, yeah, Australia's a big country. It sure is. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say about Quigley Down Under? Uh, I think that's, I think that's about it. I think we covered pretty much about everything, really. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a movie that goes, to, it's such an easy watch and it's such a fun watch. Everyone's great, but, um, yeah, it's got these really cool tonal shifts that I wasn't expecting in it. And yeah, it was, yeah, Tom Selleck could be a badass when he wanted to. And you ready to go on to The Man from Hong Kong? Yep, absolutely. Ah, absolutely. looking forward to this. Okay, so curtains are back opening. Uh, Harris, what is going to be your trailer for The Man from Hong Kong? Well, technically, these are two movies. Yep. Um, you can probably watch them as a double bill in a sense. Um, Day of the Panther and Strike of the Panther. Oh, um, yes. In an ancient society of the Panthers stands a fighter. A fighter highly skilled in the art of hand-to-hand -hand combat, karate. A warrior trained beyond the limits of any mortal man. He's sharper. He's tougher. Jason Blade, a three-time world karate champion, is an agent out to hunt the killer who murdered his partner. A killer has returned to settle an old score. is in trouble. His lover is in danger. The stakes are high and the odds are against him. Yes, so these are both martial arts movies mm. from Brian Trenchard-Smith. I've watched this back in like January. Or oh no, actually last year, end of last year. Yeah. It's, it's about this, it's basically a showcase for a guy, uh, Ed Stadzak. I think that's how I pronounce his name. Yeah. And he plays a character with one of the best badass character names I've ever heard, Jason Blade. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah. It's basically, oh, he's, he's 
like the first movie, David Panther, is basically teaming up with this girl to stop a triad drug ring. Hmm. And the second movie is about like brothels and you know crimes and corrupt corrupt governments. And it's this movie was like basically over a decade after Man from Hong Kong. Yeah. And there's no there's no Hong Kong um, influence mm. in this one. So it's all like, oh, let's just make this macho action movie martial arts all Australian all the way through. It's clearly a movie that was shot meant for video. <laughs> it was the funny thing about the second movie is the first 20 minutes are a recap of the first movie. <laughs> oh, I lo- oh, I love that so much. It's like when you're watching um, a, a Friday the 13th movie and they'll just recap the last few movies and that just takes up a good 20 minutes of, of, of the film. <laughs> it's, it's such an amazing... It's like, oh, we're just getting ripped off by the first 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, I love when movies do that. It's such a rip-off and I love it because I'm just like, oh, so we're just going to remind me of the movies I've just seen. Excellent. The uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Two is the biggest criminal for that, but we do get garbage dead, so it's yes. that I'm I'm fine. Um, <laughs> no, this I've heard of these, but I haven't seen them yet. So these are going up on my watch list. I think I'm going to have to actually check these out because these do look amazing. And yeah, there isn't a lot of Australian martial arts movies. So um, if you think that Man from Hong Kong is the only one, we have some more. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to go for another co-production with Golden Harvest, uh, but I'm going to go for the Seven Golden, the Legend of Seven Golden Vampires, Roy Ward Baker and Chang Chi. From Warner Brothers, who crashed the action barrier with Enter the Dragon, comes a new dimension in Black Belt Thrills. As Hammer, Masters of Horror, and the Shaw Brothers, Masters of Kung Fu, join forces to create the first martial arts horror spectacular ever filmed. The whispered word is vampire. The horror is real and very close. What you must understand is that they are already dead. I'll fall before them, and you too will be eternally damned. The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Starring Peter Cushing and Julie Edge. Filmed entirely on location in Hong Kong and co-starring David Chang, a new Kung Fu champion in the Black Belt Hall of Fame. Strike in their hearts! This is a Hammer movie with a uh, pretty sure Golden Harvest. Uh, maybe it was Shaw Brothers, either one of the two. Um, yeah. And it is so much fun. It, it had a horrible reputation for years as the cheesy movie, but when you watch it, the action's amazing, um, and you've got Peter Cushing being the boss in it, uh, in it, and it is a very actually fun movie and one of my favourite Hammer movies, so there. <laughs> oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. I remember, well, I watched that a while ago. David Chang was in that, right? Which one, then? Um, uh, was, it, was it David Chang? I think it is. Yeah. yeah, I think, no, I think he is in this, yeah. I haven't seen it for a couple of years. I've got a, do- a dodgy DVD, which I need to upgrade, but um, it's a very fun movie. 
Mm, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that as well. And it's not Christopher Lee playing Dracula, is it? No, he absolutely refused to. So, unfortunately, it is Peter Cushing <laughs> playing Van Helsing, but they do have a different Dracula, uh, which oh. is sad. But you still get the Cushing. Oh, yeah, I need to catch up on that. <laughs> no, yes. It, yeah, it definitely does have ta- uh, David Chang, Shin Chan, and a whole bunch of other. I um, mean, he's got Shin Chan directing all the, uh, uh, co directing with all the um, action. And considering this is, I really enjoy this this movie. I think it, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it should get more people to watch it. Mm, Same with uh, Day of the Panther, which I will be watching. <laughs> uh, especially, yeah. I'm all, yeah, I'm always keen to check out more Brian Trench and Smith because he is becoming one of my favorite Australian directors. Just Not for his so much, yeah. yeah, he's just he he just keeps making all these movies. Like, oh, I like that movie. I like that movie. Getting into uh, the man from Hong Kong. Nobody is safe from the man from Hong Kong. Listen, there's a Chinese cop in town. He's beginning to annoy me. Yeah, I think he should meet with a slight accident. Jimmy Wong Yu is the man from Hong Kong. A furious arsenal of martial arts. With his sights set on smashing organized crime. In my country, Caroline, we have a sport. We take the giant praying mantis, put him in the wooden cage, and make him fight for his life with his own kind. I thought you would enjoy such a sport. You and Jack Wilson in a wooden cage. He's a very dangerous man. George Lazenby is Jack Wilton. Gun runner, dope peddler, ruthless czar of international evil. I've never met a Chinese yet that didn't have a yellow streak. When was the first time you actually saw this? Because it was a little bit hard to find for like well, maybe 20 years ago, I think. Well, no, you're not even that, like 40. So anyway, there was a period where I could not find this movie and then I finally managed to get the a, a few copies everywhere that I noticed. I think I watched it around five years ago, yeah. six years ago, around there. Like this the crummy DVD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't out on Blu-ray then. I don't think no. it was out on Blu-ray then, but at that time. But yeah, it was, it was for the first time I watched it. And um, I've heard, I, I didn't realize that there was a martial arts movie set in Australia with a co-production from Hong Kong and having the one arm swordsman himself yes. playing the lead role. The one arm boxer. He actually has a lot of one arm movies, surprisingly, when you go through his. <laughs> I think it's a fetish. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but he, he plays a one arm guy a lot. Um. No, I saw this probably maybe a little over five years ago. And I think it was after I saw the documentary, Not Quite Hollywood. And they mentioned yes. this, this. And I was like, I, I need to see, need to see this. And yeah, I didn't realize that Australia had made, uh, that they had this, I think it was the Eva co-production is when I was starting getting into sort of exploitation a little bit more. And yeah, and it was just so much fun. I mean, as soon as you start hearing that song, which I am in love with, I keep forgetting it's there. You start with this amazing hang glider shot, which comes back, which 
such an exploitation thing to go, hey, we have this thing. How many times can we use it? It's <laughs> so much hang gliding. Yeah. What was kind of the first thing that struck you? Was it more the stunts? Was it more the fact that this was a pro-Hong Kong uh, Golden Harvest Australian production? Or was it just kind of the insanity that happens, that was allowed to happen in this movie? Well, the first thing that got to me was the fact that they even filmed an action scene at Uluru. I, I, it would never happen now. No, no not it feels never. wrong in a way, but I love it. It's especially the fact that it's got Samo goddamn hung in it. That was like, <laughs> I was sort of watching it. Is that Samo hung? And then the next thing, wait, is that Bill Hunter? What is ha- Bill Hunter? What is happening? <laughs> How is Bill Hunter trying to fight Samo hung? Oh, I, I don't this- understand. <laughs> Those two fighting each other, like what in the hell? Yeah, <laughs> the guy who voiced the tentist in Nemo, or is just Dad and Muriel's wedding fighting Samo Hung, the god himself. I don't under. I, yeah, I was. The movie throws you straight away. One, it's in the Uluru, uh, it is rock. One, it's Samo Hung. The next, you got your friggin' Bill Hunter in there, and I'm just like, I don't understand. What, and of what, course- what happens? <laughs> Of course, it's like, where else will you do a drug deal? Yeah. You do you know, a drug deal? Why not there, right? I mean, don't do it in a city or a dog alley or, you know, nah, just do it right on the, one of the biggest landmarks here. Why not? Yeah, the one that takes about 20 hours to get to. Yeah, it'll be easy. It'll be fine. No one's going to figure this out. Speaking and of long distances. It's just the first five minutes. Yeah. We're not even at, we're not even at the opening credits yet. No, I know, yeah, because we're not even at the hang gliding yet. It's actually literally just, you're right, it just actually watched this this morning. It, it, I rewatched it this morning. It literally opens with Samo Hung, who I was convinced was wearing a wig for years, found out, no, that was actually just what his hair was like in 1975 or 74, whenever this was filmed, and kicking each other in the face in, on, in Uluru. It's like, what happened? How did this happen? Where did they get permission? <laughs> did they get permission? I mean, the, I know the no. car chase famously had no permission. They just went You're on the road right. and did it. So I'm just wondering, just, did they just turn up, rock up and go, hey, mm. we're doing this, and then just make everyone stand in the sun for a few hours? <laughs> um, yeah, that struck me about it as well. It's You go from one crazy thing to another crazy thing, and then you have the song Sky High. Um, mm. You left me sky high because you told a lie. I didn't say why, which it's almost as good as um, the song from Hard Ticket from Hawaii. Like it's, I don't know, it's got that, what is happening right now song, but the movie's really well made. Yeah, I'm, it's a crazy movie, but it is, Brian Trencher Smith knew how to make a movie. He knew how to put it together. So it was action heavy that it just kept moving. And so, yeah, then that's when you meet Inspector Fang. Um, he's just special branch like 15 times in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I was thinking from the Hong Kong special branch. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like a catchphrase. It is. Or one-liner. <laughs> yes, it's how he picks up women. I'm special branch. Especially when they land in when he's, yeah, because he's doing exercises and just showing off his, his skills, which he was a, a, a very good martial, he still is a very good martial artist. And he's probably getting up there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's, it is, this movie is very much riffing on Bond. He has to go to another place, somewhere exotic. It's Australia to um, bring back Samo Hung um, because, but he's actually working for an Australian. It, it, the, the plot is kind of hard to follow at times, but I don't think you're meant to. I just think you're know, meant to know George Lazenby is up to no good, yeah. knows how to do a high kick and that 
uh, Wang Yu was meant to go in and sort him out with, um, oh, what's his name? I keep wanting to call him by his Mad Max name. Yuki's burn uh, yes. is just mocking him from the sidelines. There's one moment in the film where um, Inspector Fang basically um, crashes an office, causes havoc, and they 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 vent at like a petrol station. Yes. Because, yeah. Who keeps who keeps just confronts him, and this is one scene where he actually says, "This is Australia, mate. Not fifty five days at Peking." <laughs> and then, and then um, Jimmy Wang Yu just says. Hey, don't give me any shit. <laughs> oh my god, that point to the thing is the coolest thing ever when he just points to him like he's an extra in Batman and just goes, Do not give me any shit is is kind of incredible. I don't know. It's <laughs> at one point uh Burn kicks the camera as he's talking to uh Yes! <laughs> he's talking to Jimmy Wang Yu. It's like the camera's at like a low angle, right? Yeah. And, and he's just bragging on about Jimmy Wang Yu and then Hugh just kicks the camera. I don't know why it does it. It's just always just funny. <laughs> it, it is just really, really funny. I mean, I adored um, Key Burns in this movie. I, it took me again. I didn't recognize, I've seen this movie so many times. I only just recognized Roger Ward because he has hair and that disturbed <laughs> me greatly. Roger Ward is not meant to have hair at all. He's meant to be a bald, mustachioed man, as he was in Mad Max. But this is pre, this is pre Mad Max. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed him. I mean, Keys uh, Keys Burns hair could have its own spinoff. Quite frankly, I mean, it <laughs> is amazing. Um, he's hilarious. Though I do like how the um, Australian cops keep sort of saying we're Australians, we follow the rules. And every time someone they said that, I just couldn't help giggling my ass off. It's like, when has that ever happened? Um, you you flashy person from Hong Kong who apparently has your got your own rule book. I'm like, mm, okay, cute guys, very cute. <laughs> I do like the fact that it kind of subverts the film kind of subverts things in a way. I do like the fact that it's a Hong it's a Hong Konger going to Australia. Because usually action films when you have like white guys going to It's always the white guy going to Hong Kong, yes. Yeah, they they go they go trot somewhere else and mm. it's always exoticized. But here it's like reverse. It's a Hong Kong guy going to Australia and just wreaking havoc. It's just yeah. destroying everything. Like it even like he doesn't even care about the civilians there. There's one scene where he's fighting um, Grant Page um, yeah. in a restaurant. Oh he, yes, he, he clearly doesn't care about the people in it. Yeah, at all. He's like, oh, I'm gonna take this guy down by any means necessary. I'll smash up everything. Like I don't care about the hostages, civilians. Who cares? Just beat the guy and win. <laughs> if you're in a van with me that happens to get blown up, you will die, and that's fine. No, it's um, he really does not care about anyone else. It, the civilians, if you were in his in his way, it's like and you're right. It is that subversion of a usual action movie, and Australia does have that kind of um, exoticism kind of at play, except for when they're being really racist. I'm like, oh, yeah, go Australia. I- um, <laughs> but it's kind of got yeah. It's always sunny. You've kind of the way it's showing off Sydney Harbour Sydney Harbour Bridge. Um, when he's like recovering in the country with, uh, I think it's uh, Rebecca Gilling. Yeah. And they're just sort of frolicking around the country. There's this kind of beautiful kind of exoticism that would usually be vice versa. So you're right. It it is definitely playing on on those tropes. 
I love that montage. I thought that montage was hilarious. Like <laughs> that he would, because you know what romantic montage is. That it's always the guy climbing on things and being jovial around. Mm. And this one moment where he's climbing on like a giant pipe or something, and yes. like just sticks her head out, and now she can't even she can't even go all the way out. She yeah, she says, "I'm stuck." <laughs> and they're on a horse carriage. Like, where did that come from? No idea. Uh, Jimmy Wang is riding horses around. It is, um, yeah, it is such a bizarre scene. It's, it, yeah, I love that montage as well. It is so funny. And he's meant to be hurt and he's doing all these acrobatic tricks, which I love. So the line of like, um, would it be, you know, are you well enough for me to make love to you? And, and oh he's like, gosh. I think I can stand the pain. I'm like, no, he's been doing backflips for the last half hour. He's fine. <laughs> this, this innuendo is hilarious. Like, uh, what did you what did you expect acupuncture oh my god yes. <laughs> i was like oh my god yeah it is i mean brian trench did, did write the scripts um and goes phil tilt and i'm sure there's probably some improv on set because this was not like a well constructed trained like yeah when you watch the car chase it looks dangerous because it probably was um they didn't get any permits this was a time when they would just go oh yeah we'll see if we can just do this it'll be fine like there's a difference between <laughs> when you watch the car chase and you watch the fight in the gym which is a lot more stylized mm. and you can tell the stuntmen are actually falling how they're meant to fall with yes. you watch an australian fall it's like oh ow <laughs> there's a you can it's, see the difference within this movie you can see the near misses in that chase scene so oh. many like <laughs> the casting where they're driving through the picnic and they have to pick up a kid and run away and then you see the guy who's just in the camera go oh no shaking his head like that was close and it's not i don't think that was an active reaction i just think that was a guy going that was too close yeah it's just absolutely nuts like, they would drive through houses they would drive through billboards it's just yeah, none of this is planned for, for a second. <laughs> no, I mean, I've heard stories on um, Bikes of Turkey Shoot, which Brian Chinch also directed, saying, oh, they just needed to add more stunts and gore to it, so they just did. There was no there was no planning, because uh, I'm still learning a lot about Hong Kong movies, but I know they choreographed for quite a while yeah. to try and get those fight scenes so they knew mm. what they were doing, um, even yeah. though in the 70s they were, they were punching each other. Um, mm. But they were still practicing and you can kind of tell that with this movie and then you watch the car chase and you're like oh they just planned that on the day there's no (laughs) (laughs) there's no kind of but it looks amazing i mean i love that car chase so much yeah it's yeah you can't you can't deny how great it looks on screen oh yeah you know grant page is somewhere involved in this trying and like the fact that grant page is still alive astounds me um yes yeah because you have you ever seen death i think it's death cheaters and uh stunt rock uh, I've seen Stunt Rock. I haven't seen Dev Cheese yet. No. Yeah, just yeah, just Cheese is very similar to Stunt Rock. I mean, they try to give it a bit more of a plot than um, Stunt Rock, but not much. It's still let's watch Grant Page do some insane stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's nuts, absolutely nuts. I've heard the stunts that he's done, like just insane. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually quite. Um, I think he probably did. He was probably involved, but when you see him, I think yeah, I think he was. I think he was definitely involved. I think he was the guy hang gliding. I want to say um because mm. suddenly yeah. uh jimmy has very long legs when he's hang gliding i'm like i think that's grant page <laughs> long legs. <laughs> longer legs than jimmy has let's just say that <laughs> oh 
like, there are stories when you mentioned the documentary not quite hollywood yeah obviously there are stories about jimmy wang you not being the best actor to work with <laughs> yeah, yes apparently he was very difficult expected i think he came on set thinking oh this is going to be a 50 50 this is going to be my movie I'm going to direct it. And then Brian Trencher Smith going, no, this is my movie. I'm going to direct it. So I think, um, yeah, apparently Jimmy was very difficult, though I can't imagine the Australians being jovial about anything as well over whose movie this was going to be almost, especially in the mm. directing directing scene. Because the documentary bags them out. Like, it really bad. does. Yeah. Yeah. They don't hold back at all. <laughs> no, even Roger Ward, who's you seemed like a very nice guy, was like, nah, he was a dick. dick. <laughs> I was like, like oh, me, man. You were saying things like, you want me to punch you? Like, yeah. I could do that for you if you want me yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were really sort of going, yeah, they were going hush because I know it was meant to be a 50 50 production. So they had to do a lot of the interiors in Hong Kong to make it 50-50 because I think only yeah. that a little bit is only really set in Hong Kong, which is just the beginning. Um, Hong Kong looks good, though. I mean, it looks, especially when on that hill and they're looking over. Um, mm. it, I mean, Hong Kong Harbour is a beautiful place, is a beautiful harbour to begin with, but those some of those shots are absolutely stunning. But, um, I'm, yeah. I'm sure the gym scene... I'm sure the gym scene where Jimmy fights all those martial artists, yes. I'm sure that was in Hong Kong. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's an amazing scene in that gym when they're like leaping off the the those bar ladder things that are always in the gym when they're just yeah. leaping off that. And yeah, you can tell that scene was very highly choreographed because they're all kind of falling how they're meant to fall. Like they're, mm. the roles and the everything. But that, that is a very, very cool scene. Mm. One thing I have to mention, I do admire George Lazenby's assistance in doing his own stunt work. <laughs> like it's clearly him doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really him. I mean, there's a famous story of how he was unsure if he was going to do the fire scene um, and he couldn't get the jacket off. And you can see it in the movie <laughs> that he's actually really struggling to um, to push the jacket off. It's like, oh, that looked like it would have hurt because you can kind of see him covered in the grease, the fireproof grease and everything like that. But And <laughs> the fact that Jimmy has to trip him and punch him while he's on fire and then he can't mm. get the jacket off, I would be having a panic attack right there. I would be like, get it off, get it off. <laughs> like it's shot in slow motion as we're yes. watching it, but yeah. I bet you to him it felt like 10 times longer. <laughs> oh yeah, it was, it, especially because he has to, there's something about him having to pick himself back up while his back is on fire that is astounding. But yeah, he did a lot of it you can kind of see him do a lot of the martial arts moves um i don't know how good they are compared to everything else because when you watch jimmy do them they feel like second nature like he's just mm. that good um and then What's, but you see him and george lazily very huge guy like it's like he was the big broad tall man and um but no that <laughs> fire scene when he's realizing um because both movies have this thing of them um the man, the, the big bad guy sending out the minions to go and try and kill mm. this guy and then keeps finding out that they keep dying. Um, it's a running joke throughout the movie, which I, I appreciated. <laughs> it's funny how it's, it's not his first Hong Kong movie either. Like, he's done others as well. Oh, like, has he? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he's done like, a, he's done one, one called Stoner, where he plays yeah. a character called Stoner, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's because like basically after James Bond, you he rejected it, therefore he had to find work. So therefore yes. he's done like he did like Hong Kong movies basically. And I think he was meant to work with Bruce Lee, but that didn't work out. So therefore the Hong Kong thing still stuck to him, I guess. So therefore he's doing those. And oh no, I yeah, guess, it's like a Nick yeah. going over to Italy, but um no, it's no, I've, I've got to see this movie. This sounds um, like it'd be cool. But no, yeah, he he made the mistake of turning down um, James Bond because he thought it was getting tired and he didn't mm. want to be a stuffy actor and mm. everything kind of fell apart. But I think he is a really great bad guy. I mean, there's a, when you first see him, he kind of slidles into frame and he's just kind of this evil badass, which I, I, can't, I, I, I enjoy him a lot in this movie. So slick, like yeah, it's, it's just exudes. Like he's so oily in the sense that if you just see him walk, you probably leave a trail on the floor. Like, it's just like it's just so slimy <laughs> and just like he's just exudes bad guy right there. He really does. Um, mm. The scene when he's at the party and he's about to shoot his girlfriend, but with that mm. with the typical apple on the head, he's got his crossbow. Um, I love that moment so much. She looks, she even looks concerned because I'm just like, this is a George, this is a, a, a Trenchard Smith movie. That's got a, I'm not sure that's a fake crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's like, that's not acting. <laughs> that's not acting. She looks actually terrified. Um, but it's a really cool scene because it's got that very, so yeah, he's he's got this really sliminess that I think he's really works when he's a bad guy. And um, I think he could have been a great Bond villain actually, but they would have never brought him mm. back, unfortunately. But he's, yeah, just every single time there's this one scene where he's at the desk, he just picks up the phone and he goes, what do you mean they're dead? And it's... <laughs> he it's, what? He what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the same thing happens with Alan Rickman, that every single time he sends people out to kill Quigley, they don't come back. Or someone else comes back and goes, yeah, they're all dead. And he's like, what? All my staff is dying. Seriously, what is happening? And the same it's thing just with one things. guy. Yeah, it's just one it's guy. Just How's one guy causing all this trouble? And I do like how he goes into his vault, gets this massive gun, and then goes sits on the couch with a whiskey and just like, takes a couple of sips, waiting. It's it's yeah. so good. Yeah, he locks himself in basically, and you think that oh, Jimmy Wang used to go bottom floor all the way to the top. It's like no. Oh. What are you talking about? Oh, we can paraglide all the way up to the top and we can go to the top floor. We've established that there's a ha- there's a um, paraglider or hang glider that we can mm. just go to the top and then he can just fight a guy and um, again that he's hanging off a thing. I'm like, that's got to be Grand Page. They, th- th- Jimmy would have not been silly enough to do anything like that. Grant, on the other hand, would have gone, yes, I, I love it. Um, <laughs> seriously, watch Start Rock or uh, Death Genus because. The guy, man, was mad, and the man is a madman and still alive, which also is credit. Um, yes. But yeah, that final fight scene is fantastic. There's a couple of, I mean, I love how Brian Trenchard Smith shoots actors like he's this. You're watching him drink on the couch, and it's through the establishing the fire, which is very important to how George Lazenby is set on fire. Um, that's kind of watching him through the fire. I don't know. Brian Trenchard Smith is a smarter filmmaker than I think people can give him credit for because he does make stupid ass movies where you're wondering how people didn't die in them there's some like um choices in editing that i found very funny yeah. like the match cuts there's one point moment where um jimmy wang Yu fights sam hung in like the prison yeah like it's like the first part of that fight and then when jimmy wang Yu kicks sam hung in the balls it cuts to um 
Hugh Keith Byrne and Roger Ward playing pool. <laughs> breaking <laughs> breaking yeah, balls, basically. And they're basically sort of saying, oh, we should give him another 10 minutes. But yes, you're right. That is um, very much a Brian Trenchard Smith sense of humor coming out of breaking balls, essentially. But um, <laughs> it's like, don't torture him. This is Australia. It's okay. I'm Hong Kong. He's from Hong Kong. It'll be fine. Basically, yeah. I'm going to go kick his asses. Yeah. And then he proceeds to. <laughs> I do find it strange, though, that even though he's from Hong Kong, no one speaks Canton. No, I, don't, I don't remember any sign of Canton. He's in the film. They speak it's, it a couple of times. Like, I don't think Samo Hung speaks English. No. Um, yeah. Which it was quite strange. I was like, well, all of this is in Mandarin. And I was like, oh, is, is it? That- yeah, that is so amazing. strange. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't know. I was like, "Is that meant to be? Am I running? It, am I watching it in the right audio or something? Was that meant to be that way?" I wasn't quite sure. I was, I was a bit thrown off by that. <laughs> I did not realize shows how much I was paying attention that it was not Cantonese, um, uh, but not in Mandarin. That is so strange. Yeah, because hmm. it should be in Cantonese. Because. Um, Samo Hung was definitely from Hong is from Hong Kong. I'm assuming Jimmy Wim Yang. So yeah, they should be speaking Cantonese, and the movie they are yeah. from Hong Kong, and it is the man from Hong Kong. Um, hmm. yeah, so yeah, that is very strange. I wonder. I wonder. I will look into that. I actually want to know why, but um, yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it doesn't actually. I mean, yeah, it does kind of exoticize the Hong Kong because it's from an from an Australian perspective. But at the mm. same time, it's very grounded. I mean, the only you do get the dumb line of um, "body what you're expecting acupuncture," but that's just kind of <laughs> that's Trenchard Smith, really. <laughs> yeah, Trenchard Smith. That's that's all him. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. But the way uh, Jimmy plays it, he's not because he's being him. There's no that much not much exoticism in it, which I did appreciate. But only because you know that Jimmy had a hand in making this movie, so he was going, "No, we're not doing that." <laughs> I do like the fact that um, it was nice to see um, the Asian lead actor, like, usually, I guess back in those days, like, um, people of color, or especially Asian actors, were portrayed as, like, asexual, in a sense. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. So in the case of this, it's like, oh, my God, he's he's picking up women already, like, on the spot. Oh, no, this man is horny, and um, any woman that comes in to, on his way, he will, he will have a crack at, and we'll usually charm them. So it's... That, that I'm, I'm Inspector Fung Sing Ling from Hong Kong Special Branch. That's, like, a, a hell of a one pickup line. It's a one of a hell pickup line, and he uses it a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Because when... Um, yeah, when, even when uh, Keys Burns, uh, Key Burns is talking to uh, Rosalind Spears, um, he's he's kind of doing a couple of innu- innuendos, and she is not having it. She is like, nope, you are not. Jimmy, you're not special branch. I am not into this. <laughs> they do look a little hesitant. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, not just not just her, like Rebecca Gilling, too. It's yeah. Like, it's like, hmm... What am I doing here? Like, is it over yet? <laughs> yeah, they're a little bit. There's a few hugs that you're like, oh, those are seriously awkward right now. That's it's just cringe. <laughs> it is a bit cringe. It's like, oh, um, when yeah, when Rebecca Gillen goes, oh, this is nice. It's like you don't, yeah, oh, um, though she did say, yeah, uh, um, it's 
I mean, it does have that typical Australian racist thing sort of happening. I mean, George Lazenby is probably the worst criminal, but he's the bad guy. So I guess you want, uh, no, no, I don't want him to say. I mean, he's an asshole. So he, you get the fact that you get his, his come up from being such an asshole. But um, yeah, yeah, it's got a bit of that throughout the movie. And you're like, oh, come on, Brian. I mean, I know it's the 70s, but. <laughs> <laughs> he says, he says he got yellow streak. And I, yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That comes up a couple of times. I'm like, they keep going back to the yellow streak. I'm like, oh, guys, come on. <laughs> that guy's begging to be punched. <laughs> you are really, and he does. He gets punched. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, I'm actually punching him. This is happening. It's like when he says he's not here to play games, he, he really means it. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, that, he, he's not going to take scene. anyone else's shit because mm. he said and he pointed. <laughs> and that party scene, that gets demolished. Everything oh. is good thrown to bits like oh people are just falling in pools <laughs> yes it, it starts really quietly i like the build-up how they just kind of sparring with each other and the next thing everyone's just attacking everyone and everyone's falling in pools people are running out again everyone is kind of getting hurt who shouldn't be getting hurt in this but it's it is a blast to watch like every single time i watch this movie i just have the biggest grin on my face <laughs> Absolutely. Even though I forget Bill Hunter is in this and I'm like, why? What? Is that Bill Hunter fighting Samu Hung? How? <laughs> that is not the person I would have thought that would be cast to fight Samu Hung. I can't believe the movie is almost 50 years old. Oh my God. It is too. It is. It's. Yeah. Cause this was 74. So it is almost 50 years old. It is this amazing movie that, it still feels so surprising because you're sort of watching this and it feels like barely any rules are happening, um, but it's still yeah. really well directed. Um, it feels very exploitation-y, especially the way you have establishing shots of people at a desk at a phone. Um, but at the same time, everyone is charming. Um, yeah, everyone is absolutely charming in this this movie. It's just all the good Australian actors are in this as well. And then you have Samo Hung and, and Jimmy as well. And you're just like going, oh, all the good people are in this movie. Mm, and yeah, Trenchard Smith does a really good job in making this, making the tone fun. There's one yes. moment, there's one moment where like, oh, George Lazenby is stuck in the safe with the masking tape over his mouth. And like, he has these like funny as zooms where it's like zooming back and forth on the bombs and on the gas. It's about to load the whole damn building up. <laughs> oh, I love, it's kind of the sitcom laugh at the end when the building explodes and then everyone just on the ground just laughs. And I'm like, it's okay, like, oh, <laughs> it's amazing. Happy, happy ending. We probably killed some people up there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's all over. <laughs> we just killed the, we killed the one guy we wanted to. He deserved it. But I'm like, yeah, what about the other people who were in that building? Like, it's... Oh, property damage? That's no, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely fine. No, nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. But I do like how it just it sort of ends on a grin, people just laughing shot. I always love when movies end like that because it's always cheesy as all hell. But um, It could be funny with like a freeze frame. They're like, laugh, and they're like, that's uh, it. <laughs> that's it. Like, credits roll. <laughs> Sky high. <laughs> Actually, that's one got to number two in the States and the UK. I think it did oh. really well at the time, which surprised me because that is a cheesy ass song, even though it is, I'm going to be looking to see if it's on Spotify. But um, yeah, that song did really well. Oh, okay. It's, it, you know, even my parents know what the song is, so I'm assuming it did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah every time i hear it i'm like oh my god what is this like i was uh for the series i also did um bmx bandits and which has a song attached to it as well all about bmx biking which is an insane song so there's an era of just australians writing songs to movies and them being insane bmx bandits oh classic (laughs) it's so classic i mean yeah again a little bit smarter than you think it's going to be and not at all smarter than you think it's going to be much like this movie A lot of these movies are like that. (laughs) Yeah, actually, yeah. Kind of smarter than you think they are, but they're seriously just... I mean, yeah, that's what they're meant to be. I mean, Brian Trichesmith wants to make a fun movie. I mean, yeah, this is about bringing um, Hong Kong to Australia, making a martial martial arts movie, and also uh, Quigley Quigley Down Under is about bringing the American West to the Australian outback and seeing if you can make an American Western with this really dark edge to it. But, yeah, it is kind of these kind of styles because Australian films doesn't really have a style, but there's usually this kind of undertone. And it's kind of nice mm-hmm. to have a double that have these outside influences coming in but still retaining this a very Australian-ness. So I don't know if you could make a movie that's not a, that doesn't have the Australian quality of that Bill Hunter or um, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Hugh Keysburn, um, who's just, well, he is, um, oh, what's his name in Mad, uh, Mad Max? It's Toad. Toe cutter. Toe cutter, yeah. I don't yeah. think he, yeah. yeah. I mean, he is toe cutter. <laughs> <laughs> or Morton, or Mortman Jack, wherever he is in uh, Fury Road. <laughs> oh, that's right. In Morton Joe, yeah. In Morton Joe, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it has got, this is a, well, yeah, it's, it's a movie of legends. Um, but no, it, Man from Hong Kong is just such a fun time. You, I've seen it multiple times. I should really get the Blu ray by now because it is, something that I do tend to watch a lot. I've heard the Blu-ray is jam-packed with tons of features. Oh, excellent. It's like like four films on there or something. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I think, yeah, I need to get it because I think it's The Umbrella and I think I really do need to get it because it's kind of actually one of the Australian movies I watch the most, apart from the man of Muriel's wedding. Like, it's just one that keeps getting on the rotation. When I want to be sad, I watch Muriel. And when when I'm being just like, Happy, I just watch um, Man from Hong Kong. <laughs> I can't watch movies waiting too much. It's, yeah, it's depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really depressing. I was watching an interview with uh, Tony Collette, and she was like, yeah, people think it's a comedy. It's not. Like, I wasn't playing it as a comedy. I'm like, no, that because that movie is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bummer. Even with, with, with the ABBA music and the interludes, it's like, no, it's still freaking sad as hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even it makes Abba sad. This is how sad Muriel's wedding is. It makes Abba sad. Oh, that's that's a very succinct way of putting it. <laughs> it's Abba sad. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Muriel's wedding. I don't know. I watched it when I first time when I was an angsty teenager. So every time I want to feel angsty, I can just put Muriel on and ah, and be time, sad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I, yeah. I was that was like, oh, this movie gets me. Um, except I didn't listen to Abba. Uh, that much. Uh, um, anything else you want to say about Man from Hong Kong? Man from Hong Kong, absolute blast from start to finish. And if you, yeah, you're never going to get cinema like this again. You're never going to get an action scene in Uluru anymore. No. You're never going to get like um, car, car chases that just that irresponsible. 
Yes. For, you, for, you, or, or featuring reckless endangerment. There. You see you see the car at that uh, Jimmy was driving at the end and it's completely banged up. And I'm like, oh, no, that just happened on set. That would just happen during the, the, the filming. It's not like five cars that they had him drive. It's the exact same car. It's the exact same car. <laughs> like, yeah, this wasn't made on a huge budget. So it would have just been the, the one car. <laughs> There's a scene where like the van rolls down while it's on fire. Yes. I was like, yeah, he's definitely in there, and is that the same van? <laughs> yeah, is that yeah? It's yeah. You, they weren't like yeah. They didn't have five cars for for the the same scene. They just used the one, and it feels reckless. Um, it feels irresponsible, but at the same time, it's kind of magical. It's. Yeah, it's just it's kind of the best and worst of Australian film in one, and I I, I love it. I think it's it, it's one of Brian Trichard's best, best movies. It's the funnest. It's got some of the best. I just yeah, everything about this I I do really love. Mm, absolutely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on and talking these movies. It was so exciting and finally get to talk to you. So um, that was no this was an absolute blast. Um, before we go, please tell people where they can find your good work. Uh, yes, so uh, you can find my work on the website AU Review or Impulse Gamer, and you can also find me on Twitter under the Twitter handle Filmomatic, F-I-L-M-O-M-A-T-I-C. Yes, <laughs> and it's a really good um, uh, follower. You get all these kinds of, from things everyone's reviewing at the moment to this with these weird kind of amazing movies that I'd never heard of and had to seek out because you've mentioned them. Um, some of them I regretted, some of them I didn't. <laughs> um, but no, it, it is an absolute pleasure to talk to you. This was absolutely amazing. And yeah, if you want to follow Shock and All, we're on all the pods. Just, uh, Shock and All one on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Reading Geek, if you want to follow me on, on Twitter. Yeah, thank you again so much. This has been an absolute blast. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. No, and anytime you, and yeah, if you want to come on, just let me know. This has been absolutely um, great. And yeah, with that, we will be back with another double feature. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.